I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thanks, guys. Well, tonight I'm, I'm going to share a word, and um, I, I just felt to share tonight on count your blessings. You know, uh, there was an old song. It was in A White Christmas, and it, uh, yeah, it says, If you're worried and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep, and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. If your bankroll is getting small, I may have ever been there, and you remember when you had none at all. And then it goes on, it just continues to say, in all those things, we need to count our blessings. Everybody say, count your blessings. And... Uh, <clears throat> I was going down um, 52, and how many of you know it hasn't always been a blessing on 52 in the last few months? And, uh, and you know, sometimes I do complain um, when people get in the wrong lane and then suddenly they decide they want your lane, which they weren't in the, that lane to begin with, but they realize, you know, and really it's to no fault of that person. It's just that things change so much. Nobody knows for sure on which day the lane is going to be going straight or turning. And uh, I've even done that myself. But uh, as I was driving, I was about at Bob Rorman. And I'm just telling you, this is the way my brain goes. But I was thinking, boy, I wonder how blessed he feels. Uh, you know, big dealership and only one lane. And every now and there, and there's a sign that says, turn here for, you know, an arrow for Bob Rorman. And, and just like that, I heard, um, you're blessed. Think about all the things that you're blessed with. Think about all the things that are going right instead of all the things that are going wrong. And I was thinking, you know, Lafayette is a blessed city. West Lafayette is a blessed city. I mean, there are cities in our nation today who do not have what we have in this community. We have a very peaceful community in comparison to some other communities that are in our state. We have great education. Everybody say great education. We were in Oklahoma for quite a while, and Oklahoma was one of the lowest states in education that, that there is in, in the 50 states. And so we, we are blessed in our education. We have churches everywhere. Ha, have you noticed there's just a church everywhere? You can pick one on any Sunday. Just go around the block, and there's probably one within two or three blocks of where you live. And all the things that God has provided for us. And I guess with the... The hurricane in uh, Houston, you know, when you see those videos and you see what those people are walking through, it, it makes you realize, you know, well, maybe what I'm facing is not really as uh, bad as what I thought it was. It may not be the catastrophe that I thought it was. And, uh, you know, God wants us to go around knowing that we're blessed. And even when we don't have what we think is enough, we still have more than enough because that's what the Bible says. And that he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And, and so um, I was going this morning and I was over on Creasy and I don't know what it is right there at Creasy and Don Pablo's. I seem to hear from God a lot. Maybe I ought to just go sit in the parking lot. But um, I, just, I just heard that song, Count Your Blessings. And uh, I, I really felt this is what I heard the Lord say to me. Negativity is the doorway 
to strife. Negativity is the doorway to strife. And we live in a nation right now where uh, even though we are the most prosperous nation in the world, we are the most blessed nation in the world. And I've been to several uh, in traveling and ministry. And I, every night, this is, this is true, it seems like almost every night I get in my tub and I think, thank you, God, I was born in America because we have tubs. My husband said, why do you thank God for that? You're soaking in dirty water. Well, I just like the tub. It just is relaxing to me. And a shower, you know, uh, I just never liked showers. I used to not be able to see, like, even this close when I took my glasses off. Now I've got, had surgery and stuff I can see. But I never liked being in water where I couldn't. I felt like I was disoriented. But that tub was a safe place, and I don't know if that's it. But I thank God for tubs. I've been in nations where there are no tubs. And uh, some of the tubs are so big and high that you have to be about six foot two to get in them and then climb, crawl out over the top to get out. We're blessed. Everybody say blessed. And that seems like a minor thing. But I think the more that we thank God for what we do have, the more we walk in a position for blessing, the more we're concentrating on the things we don't have or the negativity. And I've watched even in Houston some of the people that have spoken, and they, they, I'm amazed that many of them don't have a negative attitude. They're saying, we will, we will come out of this. We will recover. I believe that brings the blessing when they're beginning to speak what they intend to see, not what they see. And um, I, I was praying about this message, and it says in Genesis one twenty eight from the very beginning. Everybody say, from the very beginning. Um, it says, um, and I've got my old Bible here. I was going to bring out all my Bibles, but I thought I might scare you, and you might think I was going to preach till tomorrow. But this is kind of torn up. But it, it, this, is, this is the beginning, and God said in verse 28, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, be blessed. Be blessed. He blessed them. Everybody say, God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In other words, we're in charge. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are in charge. If you're a believer here today, we have a responsibility that we are in charge of making sure that this earth continues the way God would want it to continue. And that's not just our nation. That's all the nations of the world and all the peoples of the world. And so uh, blessing was from the very beginning. The curse came in chapter 3 when Eve decided to partake of a fruit that God told her not to. And if you look in verse 17 of that, then Adam to Adam, God said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying you should shall not eat now who did he command not to eat it who did he command and so he's speaking to adam he's not speaking to his wife he's speaking to adam cursed is the ground for your sake and toil you shall eat of it in other words the first time you see that word cursed in association with mankind is right there the curse then came and from then on, we see all the results of that curse. In Deuteronomy 28, that's a, a whole book of blessings and cursings. And, and in the earth today, even though Jesus has died for our sins and he rose again and he's defeated the devil, there still are people living under that curse. 
people who don't know Jesus are under that curse. Everybody say under the curse. And, and if you're looking for blessing, you may find it for a little bit, but it will not be forever because only the blood of Jesus can take care of the sin of this world and bring that blessing available to us. But we can step out from under what God has because Deuteronomy 30, 19 said, life and death. This is uh, Moses speaking. He says, you can choose life and death, blessing and cursing. That's Everybody say, I have a choice. I have a choice. Therefore, choose life. Now, the curse has been redeemed for us through Jesus. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. If you'll put those scriptures up, I want to read those. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Then it goes on and it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Everybody say, I'm blessed. What Jesus did was restore God's original intent in the garden, that God's people would live a blessed life. But we still have a choice. Everybody say, I still have a choice. And so we have to make that choice on a a regular basis to not put ourselves in a position where that curse can come on our situation. And everybody say, that still is a choice. That still is a choice. So um, I want to turn to James chapter 3. And um, I know this scripture, and I've studied it a lot. That's why this Bible looks the way it does. But I wanted this Bible because there's a commentary in this by Pastor Billy Joe, that, um, the pastor that we were under in Tulsa before we came here, for those of you who might be visiting. And um, everybody say, the untamable tongue. How many of you know your tongue can really do you in in a, in a second? I mean, things happen and tongue goes. And uh, so it says, my brethren, and we're going to look at this whole chapter in chapter 3 of James. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. Everybody say amen. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a perfect man also able able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Um, our tongue can get us in trouble very quickly. Uh, I used to have a very uh, sharp tongue as a young person. And, uh, you know, it got me in a lot of trouble. I spent a lot of time in my room as a teenager. Sometimes I sat on the steps because I just was so rebellious I didn't want to go in my room. So on the top stair step, I'd sit there. And, uh, and I would yell things at my mother. Everybody say rebellion. That's why I can identify with young people that get in rebellion so well. You know, if, if you've ever seen what the devil can do through rebellion, then you recognize the danger that goes with that. And my tongue got me in a whole lot of trouble. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Now, I'm going to give you the definition of what it means to defile. I think I put it in here. Did I not put it in here? 
Yes. Um, to make unclean or impure, to make physically unclean with something unpleasant or contaminating. So our tongue can really injure everything in our body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and bird of reptiles creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no man everybody say no man can tame the tongue it is unruly evil full of deadly poison you know i believe that's why god gave us the baptism of the holy spirit because the very thing that god gets a hold of is our tongue you know it says on the day of pentecost the fire came down, it set as like flames of fire, and everybody began to speak in a new tongue. And really, when our tongue is praying in the Holy Spirit, it's in complete unity with God. And I believe it's really the most perfect way to pray because all of us have a tendency to pray what we feel oftentimes rather than what God wants prayed and so i thank god for the baptism of the holy spirit because i believe it is the only way god can tame the tongue and it says with it we bless our god and this is the part i want you to see with it we bless our god and father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of god everybody say i'm made in the image of christ out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? There, thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And that's, I felt like God said, um, we cannot serve God and speak blessing and cursing. We cannot speak what God says and then be negative. Everybody say be negative. Because with God, in the blessing of Abraham, there was no negative. The only negative for us was that the enemies that we have, the curse would be on them. But that would bless us. And so if you read chapter 12 of Genesis, verses 1 and 2, we are just blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. But the end of it is to be a blessing. Everybody say to be a blessing. And so when we're negative, we're not blessing anything. We're just reminding ourselves of the things that aren't right. And uh, in, in, I don't know why, as I begin to, to read this, um, you know, I just went and had my teeth cleaned. And, um, you know, I, I seem to build plaque in my teeth pretty quickly. And so I have to go every four months and get my teeth cleaned. But that's the example that came to me, uh, that, you know, plaque builds up so quickly and then, my niece gets in there with this tool and she crunches on my teeth to get that plaque off of there because I need clean teeth. Everybody say clean teeth. Because if your teeth are not real clean, they're finding out that that plaque and gum disease is associated with heart trouble. It's, it, it can cause other parts of the body, everybody say other parts of the body, to, to be uh, infected and not be clean. And so going to get my teeth cleaned is necessary. Everybody say necessary. And I felt like God said, that's what happens with negativity. People begin to speak a little negative, and then they, you know, it gets a little more negative. How many have ever started a conversation with someone, and it just gets more and more negative? Well, you know, that's just like tons of plaque being built up on our teeth. And then somebody's got to get out that instrument, and go in there and clean those teeth out, scrape them off, and get the 
and get down in the root. I, Amber, which is, she's my uh, dental hygienist. She's my niece. She said, I said, I'm so sorry. I do try to floss. I can't lie. You know, I'm a Christian. So I said, I don't floss all the time, but I do try to floss. And she said, well, some of this you couldn't help because it goes down in the root. And you can't get to the root of the tooth. Well, that's what happens with negativity. It gets down in the root of our heart. And then it just builds. And we begin to become even more. And pretty soon, we don't even think we're negative. We think we're telling the truth. Because negative things happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, they do happen. But we're the solution, not the problem. And so out of our mouth comes the word of God. Or out of our mouth comes the blessing instead of of the negativity or the cursing. And a lot of negativity, uh, I've, I've felt over and over, the Lord has said to me, I will release more anointing and power in your life when I know your mouth is in agreement with mine. Everybody say mouth. Now, you know, I don't know when you were little. I was little a long time ago, a really long time ago. And in our house, my mother would say, I'm going to get the soap. And I'm going to rinse your mouth out with soap. And she was serious. Back in the day that I lived in, when my mom said something, it was going to happen to you. It wasn't like today so many times I see people say things to their children and then it never happens. At our house, if they said it, it was a sure thing. It was going to happen to us. And so, you know, my, I, was, I had such a, a rebellious mouth that, that I, know, I know what that's like. And the consequences of that. And negativity is like that. It just keeps building until finally rebellion and all these other things set in. And if you read James, it goes right on from talking about this tongue and this mouth that, that sends forth blessing and cursing. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, everybody say self-seeking. In the King James, it says bitter envy and strife. Strife. In your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. It is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Everybody say demonic. Now, in our world today, we don't talk about the devil. I was raised in a, a denominational church. I didn't even know there was a devil. All I knew, that I did know Jesus was the son of God. But I did not know I had an enemy. Everybody say, we do have an enemy. And he is defeated by the blood of Jesus. And so when we're operating like God wants us to operate in the earth, the blessing is there. And we have power and anointing to bind the devil. But when we get into negativity, he lives there. He is the accuser of the brethren, Revelations chapter 12. And so when we begin to get negative about situations, circumstances, relationships are destroyed by people's mouth. Maybe not directly to the person because um, mankind, humans, we like to talk about it not to the person, but about the person. But it has power. What we're saying has power It's if it's negative about a person. And so even though, you know, we may need to, to um, like when we're counseling or I'm counseling, there's times where we have to discuss what's happening. Not, not to be negative, but to get to the root. Everybody say the root. <laughs> so we can destroy the fruit 
of the situation. But it's, it doesn't help to rehearse things over and over and over. And um, when, when I'm counseling people, there's a point where I'll say, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Everybody say, don't talk about it anymore. We have to stop the negativity and begin to turn that ship with our tongue the right direction and begin to steer into a place of blessing instead of cursing. Are you getting this tonight? This happens with families, with children and young people. Uh, you know, now I'm a great-grandma now, so I got lots of generations back there that are out there that I'm, you know, watching. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I want to say something. Have any of you ever just wanted to say something? <laughs> just let me say something. Uh, if I say something, I'll feel better. But what happens is those negative words go out there, and they become a curse. They become a curse. And so when we hold our tongue, everybody say, hold our tongue. Then we can hear God say, how do you want me to direct the ship? <laughs> do you want to sail into negativity, or do you want to sail into positive things that I say about that young person? You know, I see it all the time with young people. How many of you know young people just do things? Old people do things. I do things. We all do things. But we have to give everybody grace in a lot of situations in that we do not begin to point out their negative, negative, negative things and begin to speak the positive over those situations. And it does work when you speak the word. Everybody say the word has power. The word has power to change. And, uh, and I know for, for where I am in my life, I really have to be, um, when I had children, I could make the decisions. But when I have grandchildren, I'm not the one making the decision. And, of course, we all know better than the person who's doing it. Isn't that true? We always all know a better way than the way the person did it. But it isn't our place to say that it's our place to pray that they have the wisdom and begin to speak. They will have the wisdom to know how to handle that situation. I mean, maybe God isn't getting after you guys, but God has been speaking to me. If you want more power, then you're going to have to get your mouth cleaner. That means I'm going to have to go to the dentist and somebody's going to get that tool out. I don't like to have my teeth cleaned. How many of you enjoy a teeth cleaning? See, I don't see very many. Oh, you do. Well, praise the Lord. I do not enjoy them getting down in there and going crunch, crunch, crunch. And then they get out the pink stuff, whatever that is, and they rub it all over your teeth to seal them so that the plaque can't get in there. It's not a fun experience. But I think God wants to get his pick out and pick by the Holy Spirit, pick out a lot of stuff that's built up in people's lives. And then he applies that protection over that place where he's picked that stuff out. And then we go again. And probably we all need to have our teeth picked, uh, our heart picked a little more often than maybe we do with that negativity. Because I heard it very directly. Now, let me give you the definition of strife. Uh, it's, a, it's bitter, sometimes violent conflict or dissension. Conflict, friction, and discord. Um, this is happening more and more and more in our world today. People are upset. They're angry. Uh, you know, I go over the bridge 
just to go over the bridge on 52 to go to the West Lafayette, and there are more people flooring their cars, trying to get around you, to get in the lane, to go over the bridge, to beat you by two seconds on the other side. And upset because people won't, then people get mad and won't let them in. And then there's this tug of war going down the road there. And people are upset. Tonight I was coming to church and this poor person over there, they didn't turn immediately. And, and honking horns, not just the car behind them, the car behind that one, everybody's honking their horn. And, uh, you know, a light only lasts about 60 seconds, really, or 90 at the most. And it changes again. But, you know, the impatience, then it's negative. The words coming out of their mouth, I can tell you, they're not blessing. I mean, I've seen it. And the hand gestures really go beyond. So, everybody say negativity. What negativity does is, now listen, this is what I heard. Negativity opens the door to strife. Everybody say opens the door. When we speak the word, we close the door to negative, and we open a door to blessing. And this is, uh, you know, strife, um, where there's strife, there's every evil work. It says, and it's demonic. Everybody say demonic. Now, that doesn't mean we can go around saying the devil made me do it. I'm not responsible. But we do need to know that there is an enemy that's always trying to stir it up. And, it, and the enemy works with your thoughts. How many of you can say in a day, there's a thought or two that goes through your mind that could stir you up? And I'm not ter- talking about stirring up the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about stir you up. And uh, probably more than one. So this isn't something that just happens every now and again. This is something that we're faced with on a daily basis. But we want to see the blessing of God. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And strife, fights, I looked it up in different translations. Here's some of them. Fights, quarrels, contention. Everybody say contention. And um, Heather, would you get my phone? I came flying out here to do worship. I forgot it. But um, I want you to look at Matthew 15. And... um, we, we, it talks about how a man will be defiled by his tongue. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 15 about that. Um, and, I, and I believe God's going to heal some hearts tonight because it's very easy to become negative to the point where you just, you just think it's, it's, it's right because, after all, this is what people have done. Uh, it's, it's Jesus, and um, he's speaking to uh, the people, and he says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Um, So everybody say, my heart needs to be right. And so they asked Jesus to explain. It says, um, when when he called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. So what comes out our mouth, beyond what it does to other people, it defiles us. It defiles us, which, again, is to make unclean or impure, to make physically unclean with something unpleasant or contaminating. And then he goes down in verse um, 16. He says, are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? 
But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. A lot of times, and this was about foods and, and different things that they had to do, uh, wash your feet, wash your hands, and all those things. It, they were supposed to do all those things, but what Jesus is saying is, you're missing the whole point here. It's what you're saying with your mouth that's making you sick. It's what you're saying. I'm telling you, I have said, I have rehearsed things before, not just in my head, but in my mouth. Uh, have you ever woke up, and I'm just being honest with you tonight because I think God wants to help some people. Have you ever woke up in the morning and your mind just is praising Jesus? Hallelujah, wonderful day. But then there's those mornings where you wake up and it's every thought of things that are not right. And I have found that if I lay there and I don't do something, it becomes more and more and more negative because there's lots of things that happen that are negative. But what I've learned to do now is jump up and just go get ready and begin to put my mind. Everybody say, put your mind. You know, set your mind on things above and not the things of this world. Begin to set my mind on the things that need to be set on. Every time that I preach on a Sunday morning, you would not believe the thoughts when I wake up in the middle of the night. You're going you're gonna to have a heart attack. And, you know, everything starts hurting. When the enemy comes, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to frighten us. Everybody say frighten you and to frighten me. And so it starts. And, and you know, I think, well, must be going to be a good Sunday because <laughs> devil isn't happy about this, this message that God's given me. Instead, I could begin to meditate those things and then pretty soon jump up and start saying those things. And the more we say those negative things, the curse is loosed in that situation. And so we want to hold on to the truth, and it defiles the person. It said there that the tongue makes the whole body, everybody say the whole body, really at risk, at risk. And uh, in my life, uh, maybe it's because I'm getting older, um, you know, I have to tell my body in the morning time, you're going to move. Maybe the, none of the rest of you, it affects that way. But, you know, I had a friend say to me, Listen, when you get to be the age we are, when you're in a restaurant, you get up, you stand there for a minute, you rock a little bit, make sure everything is working, and then you walk. <laughs> I thought, I'm not going to be that old. But I found out it's true. Sometimes if I sit too long, and I go to curves three times a week, so it's not like these muscles aren't being moved. It's just some reason it happens. I'm going to find out why, but it does. So when I get up, I begin to say to my leg, you are going to walk right. Don't make a fool of yourself. Walk out of this restaurant and don't act old. Now, that may not be scriptural, but I'm telling my body, we are going to live the will of God here. Because I, I see what happens to people who begin to meditate those kind of things. And so we cannot do that. Everybody say, we cannot do that. 
We cannot do that. And it, in the end, it, it damages us as much as our words damage someone else. It damages our life. We probably already know that. Now, I want to I give you the, the thing that really, when I read this, I thought I've got to do better. Everybody say we have to do better. Because there's people's lives that depend upon it, especially those that are in your house. Now, listen, that's where people act the worst. Now, you know, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. That's the truth. You know, Pastor Bill, when he comes home, we come home. You know, it, it, when, if there's going to be a problem, we say things to each other that we would not dare say up here. Don't all look at me like, oh, dear Jesus, we're in trouble. The pastors are fighting. No, it's not that. But how many of you know that's where, you know, we let our guard down. And that's where we say things that we shouldn't be saying. And uh, my husband and I, we get in the car, we go for a ride, and he says, we're not going to talk about the church. We are five down, miles down the road before we're talking about something. And if we're not careful, it will become negative. Not that any of you, you're such a blessing. Not a one of you are we talking about. You're all a blessing. But things happen. Everybody say things happen. And they happen at the most inopportune times. You know, like tonight, John said to me, this is just John said to me, could we play that in a different key? Well, all my helpers are working somewhere else in the church. Now, this little, this little thing that I have to play, and, and I'm back here in the dark, and I have to push a bunch of buttons, and I, I have to make it go back to fix it in a different key. And he was, he walked, did you see him walk over to me? It's like, forget being proper. I don't care. We're not the perfect church. Get over here and tell me what you need. And so he comes over <laughs> because what's the use of pretending? I mean, we got a problem. And so <laughs> we're about to, you know, have a shipwreck right here in church. And, uh, and so John just comes on over and uh, he sees me and I'm going, <laughs> because it, you got to do this just right because it won't answer if you don't do it right. Now, I have to really work then to get up here and preach because already I've gotten mad at this thing. But I can't break it because it costs too much. And, but, you know, I, I'm not real good at it. I have people in this church that are wonderful at it. But nobody was in here, and I had to make a different key for John. You know, if that can become frustrating, and then we get negative. Everybody say negative. But we can't do that. We have to remain positive because I want the blessing. Everybody say, I want the blessing. And more than that, I want miracles. Because I don't know about you, but it takes a miracle to raise a family. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a family. And I believe that because I go to my daughter's house and I think, dear God, I'm grateful. I'm the grandma. I got to get out of here. This is overwhelming. I mean, you know, she's in the chair like this. And her husband's in the other chair. And my granddaughter, you know, they're, they're older. They had my granddaughter when they were older. She is bouncing. There's toys everywhere. The dog is gigantic. And he's leaping, not praising God. He's just leaping, jumping up on the couch and flops his paws down on my, sis, my daughter. And, and he rests on the top of the couch. It's just like everybody said, you know, hope bedtime comes soon. Um, 
And me, I'm saying, thank God, I'm a grandma. See ya. Have a nice night. I'm going to go get ice cream cone. Um, but, but they have so many things on their plate that I need to be praying for them. I need to be praying for them and speaking the word over everything. Because my daughter just went to the lake to have a nice time, and her whole bridge fell out of her mouth. Now, you know, when you're trying to go to school, your kids are going to school, you're a teacher, you got four kids, senior college, senior high school, you got a, a sophomore, you got a third grader, your teeth are falling out, <laughs> and you're only 46, but there's problems. <laughs> Life is not what it's supposed to be. But you can't be negative. Everybody say, don't be negative. I, tell, I told my daughter, it's okay, you probably need something new in there. Never mind, it's going to cost like a lot of money. So now I got to pray the money in, you know. Everybody say, pray it in. Call it in. Be positive. Everybody say, be positive. Because God promises he will hasten to perform his word, not what we see. And so we need a miracle sometimes. Do you need miracles? I need miracles. And this is what, it, this is what Pastor Billy Joe wrote. As this scripture finishes in John or in James three sixteen, where there is envy and strife exist confusion and every evil thing. Where there's strife, there is every evil work. Everybody say negativity opens the door to strife. And where there's strife, there's every evil work. It opens the door to the devil. But, when, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make, those who what? Make peace. Everybody say, make peace. You make peace when you speak the word of God. It brings peace. It says, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Isaiah 26.3. Now, this is what Billy Joe wrote in his um, commentary. And we were in a church of, well, now it's like 12,000 or 15 or something like that. But at the time, it was six or 7,000. And we had, there were people healed in services. There, there were miracles. Everybody say miracles. Marriages saved. Things happening all the time in the church. And he wrote a commentary about shepherding or pastoring a church amid the supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. Now, every day we need the supernatural. How, how many of you have situations, uh, maybe in a work situation, in a family situation, maybe in your health or whatever, where you need a miracle? I mean, you know, you can't work enough jobs to pay the bills. Uh, I was there as a single mom. I, I couldn't work enough jobs. To, to take care of everything because I couldn't afford to pay a babysitter to watch my kids while I worked. So it, it was just a matter of believing God to take care of me. And that took a miracle for me. And this is, he, he's saying when you're pastoring a church with the supernatural uh, uh, going all around, whenever God moves by the spirit, the ever, efforts of the adversary, which would be the devil, will manifest in many ways in order to seek to stem the flow of divine grace. That means God's power, his ability to do things we can't do. <clears throat> this text notes both envy and strife. Everybody say envy. That's only what everybody else has. And strife, which is basically 
thinking about yourself, self-seeking, their source and the impact they can make in a church, ultimately the devilish source of both of these, envy and strife, indicates, now listen, satanic enterprise finding human cooperation. That means the devil finding somebody who will agree with him in simple language. And then it goes on and says, pure workings of the spirit can quickly be soured if jealousy or anger is given a place. In our homes, we cannot afford to have strife. Everybody say, we cannot afford it. Because it stops divine intervention in our lives. And in every home, we all need divine intervention. Whether it's finances, raising children, you know, not all of us got a handbook on how to raise your child. And besides, we need however many handbooks for each child. I mean, we have to have one apiece. It says that those workings sour if jealousy or anger is given a place. There's confusion in the Greek, akastasis, disorder. Now, just think about where you live or where you work. There's disorder, commotion, and instability. Wherever there is strife, there is commotion. And that's not just fun. You know, I love fun households. My daughter's household is fun. There's always something happening. But I mean commotion where everybody's upset with everybody. Maybe you never had that at your house. We did. When my husband and I got married, we had three kids apiece. They ranged from 9 to 16. And believe me, we had commotion. We had fun times too, but we had commotion. Because it was trying to mix all these kids together. Will infect the life of a congregation, a team of workers, or an individual unless prayerful monitoring. That's like those every four-month checkups that I get on my teeth. Resist these evil seeds being sown and taking root only by the love of God. Everybody say the love of God. And the Holy Spirit's help. Can we stop strife? It's not something we can do by ourselves. Um, I was going to read you just a few scriptures if I can get this phone to do what I want. Yeah. Okay, Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. You have made us a strife to our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. (laughs) Psalm 86. Proverbs 13, 10. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 15, 18, a wrathful man stirs up strife. How, how many of you have ever met a stirrer-upper of strife? How many men been a stirrer-upper strife? Okay, and a whisper, let's see, uh, but he who is slow to anger allies contention. In other words, stops it. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer, that's a person talking negative things quietly. Separates the best of friends. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. I, I think Solomon had a lot of wisdom when it came to strife. Um, the beginning of strife, in other words, when it first lets loose, is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. Proverbs seventeen fourteen. 
He who loves transgression loves strife, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. Cast out the scoffer or the, the person that's stirring it up, and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, some also from goodwill. That was in Philippians when when Paul was talking about some people just preach and and their motive isn't right. This is what it says in 2 Timothy. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. That means to me arguing over anything that isn't worth arguing over. Have you ever heard the statement, choose your battles? Knowing that they will generate strife. Let's stand. That's enough said. God knows that negativity, every day thinking negative thoughts, will eventually cause an opportunity for strife. So I want to pray tonight for everyone here that, um, and and you don't have to raise your hand, but but we need to, have a, a cleaning out. The Bible says it's, it gets in our heart. Um, I believe it has to get in our heart before it comes out our mouth. But things get in our heart because we meditate on them first. And they begin to get a grip in our heart. And they get bigger. The longer we think about it, the bigger it gets. How many of you know that's true? Uh, you know, an offense, things that people do to us things that happen that we do to other people and then we meditate how bad we are how many of you know that the accuser of the brethren will put you in a position where you'll lose it and then remind you that you lost it and then put you in a place of feeling bad because you lost it and bad because you did it so he's got you he's got you and that's what he loves to do father in jesus name i pray over every person here tonight lord we have come here tonight to be encouraged and to be lifted up. And I believe that you want us to, to be aware that we do have an enemy and that enemy stirs it up wherever there's an opportunity. Through other people, through situations and circumstances we may have nothing to do with, but we have to be the one who stops it. And so I pray tonight for everyone here that's been experiencing strife or situations where you know that uh, this message was for you tonight that you've got to you've got to let the Lord clean out those places in your heart and stop that negativity. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I have my hand up because I know that's true. I've got to I've got to work more at this because there are more opportunities every day to do this. In Jesus name, I pray for every person here that there will be um, a quickening in our spirit when we've gone down that road of negativity that will stop us like the word just said in, in Proverbs, that when it begins to release, that we quickly stop that river from releasing. And we instead release the river of life that Jesus put in us. Out of your belly will flow rivers of life, it says. And in Jesus' name, I pray that we begin to, to have that blessing that God wants us to speak. The words that he wants us to say over situations be the first thing that comes out of our mouth even if it's not the first thing that comes in our thoughts that we have opportunity to stop the release of that water that will cause contention and strife and we have that ability to stop it and speak something that will bring life instead of death that will bring blessing instead of cursing and we receive it by faith tonight in Jesus name I do want to pray one other thing before we go and that's if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, that you have, you have, according to the word of God, 
no hope of stopping what the enemy is doing in your life. No hope. Because only the blood of Jesus can stop the work of the enemy. And so if that's you tonight, or maybe you knew the Lord and walked away, in Jesus' name, tonight is your night to say, Jesus, I need your help. I need to turn this ship around and begin to sail in the direction that you have for me and not the way the enemy has for my life. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand. We're going to pray for you before you leave because God has a blessing. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see your hand. Anybody else? I don't want to. The most important thing is that when I get to heaven, all of you that I see here tonight, I'll see you there. <laughs> I don't want to get to heaven and think, oh, goodness, they were there and they're not going to be in heaven with me. So uh, it, with the two of you that raised your hand, would you just come down here? And anybody else who wished they would have raised their hand, come down here with me. God has a plan for your life. He does. Yeah, give him a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here tonight. I know God was really speaking to your heart back there. But listen, you're not a failure. It's just part of life. You've got to grow up in things. And it's hard sometimes. Do you have children? Yeah. It's good to have you here tonight. Glad you came. Hi. Let's just take hands. Why don't the three of you take hands? And then the end ones give me their hand. That's good. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you tonight for new beginnings because that's what the Bible says. When we receive Jesus, we get a new beginning. And, and sometimes, Lord, we just need a new beginning. We need a new start. And that doesn't mean everything that's happened is just going to be gone as soon as we pray. But it does mean that you're going to come alongside. And wherever they are, when any situation, every day, 24-7, you are going to be in their boat with them. And you're going to help them with everything they need. Let's all pray this together and just repeat after me. Father, thank you for Jesus. I believe that he died for me, for my sins. I've sinned and missed it, and I repent. I do need help. And I thank you that by your grace, I will overcome. I ask you, Lord, to heal my heart, heal my mind and restore in my life what you intended for me to have. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, give God praise tonight. Go and, go and be blessed.